love you this morning, Lord. Speak to our hearts and minds through your word. Speak to us, Lord, as we focus on you. As we take the time, Lord, to center ourselves on you. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. You may be seated. Thank you for being with us this morning. Pastor Les and Tressa are in North Carolina. He is preaching a pastor appreciation uh, at the Azalea City Church there in North Carolina where he came from before he was here. And uh, so just be in prayer for him as he uh, ministers the word to them and also as they travel back. Well, this morning we're going to kind of intrigue you, for lack of a better term, with what we have gathered from Fierce 40. I know some of you may be on Facebook, some of you may have already seen part of what I'm going to say, but since I'm first this morning, I'm going to start in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Very beginning there in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 1 verse 3. The word says, and God spoke. He spoke. As we look at Genesis chapter 1, we understand that that's where we talk about creation. That's where we talk about where God started creating things and doing things. Now, in our minds, sometimes we think about creating stuff. We think about working with our hands. We think about building something. We think about doing something physical. But we have to understand what God meant here when he said that God spoke. The first seven things that God did in the beginning was he spoke. He didn't create nothing with his hands. He didn't create anything out of anything. He spoke. Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Verse 6, he said, Let there be sky. And there was sky. Verse 9, he spoke and said, Let there be land. And there was land. In verse 11, he said, let there be vegetation, and there was vegetation. Verse 14, he says, let there be day and night, and there was day and night. Verse 20, he spoke and said, let there be creatures in the sea and birds in the sky. He spoke, and they were. Verse 24, he spoke. And there were animals of all kinds on the land. He spoke. Everything he spoke was brought to life. He didn't create them with his hands. He spoke them with his voice, with his mouth. In the beginning, God gave us the formula for all of our problems, for all of our fears. For all of our mountains. And what is that to speak? Speak. Sometimes in the Pentecostal world, 
And sometimes in, in, in our, our generation, we, we, we've heard all these name it and claim it preachers, these name it and claim it people that says, I can talk to this thing and claim it in Jesus' name and it'll be mine. They've got that right, friends. Maybe not as to the extent as some of them have taken it. But the word tells us to what? Speak. I've got my megaphone this morning. Some of us need to pick up that megaphone and start speaking to our situations. We have power in our words. Just like the Father had power. When He spoke, things happened. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says, The tongue has, power, has the power of life and death. And those who love it and will eat from its fruit. Those who love it will eat from its fruit. What is that talking about? That's talking about those who actually get to the point to where they understand what life and death and the power of the tongue means. That means I can speak to those mountains and they'll be moved and cast into the sea, the word says. We haven't been doing enough speaking here lately. See, what happens is with this virus and all this stuff that's going on, what does it affect? My lungs. What does it affect? My mouth. Because I can't speak well. I've all congested. My throat's sore. All this other stuff's happening. He's trying to keep us from speaking. If we go on to Romans chapter 10 verse 17. The writer comes in and says, Consequently, faith comes by hearing the message. How did they hear the message? Because the message is being spoken. Folks, we've got to start speaking to those mountains. You've got to start speaking to those problems, speaking to those troubles, speaking to those things. And watch them being kept. Well, I've spoke to them before and they didn't go anywhere. Keep on speaking. I don't know about you, but when my mom and daddy, when I was raised, when my mama spoke, boy, you better listen. This generation, now, now understand, hear me where I'm going. This generation, they like to talk back to mom and daddy. This generation... They like to talk back and they don't like necessarily to have that authority. Okay, then praise God. Pick up that authority that God gave us and start speaking back to the issues. Start speaking back to the problems. We've got to use this mouth and speak. Mark Batterson came up with this little phrase here. You may remember him from the circle maker that we did several years ago and when I read this the first time I read it I thought what but listen there comes a time when you've got to quit talking to God about your mountains all the mountains in your life and start talking back to the mountains about who your God really is
I'm going to speak on worship this morning. Psalms 34 says, oh, excuse me, says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer, and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall be, not lack any good thing. Worship means to, to honor and show reverence. When we sing praises to God, we are showing honor and reverence to who he is and what he is to us. Worship can come in many forms. It can be the act of singing or just simple words that are spoken. But we are to always worship the one who created us. Singing speaks to me. It does something to me. And it does something to my heart when I am in need of a touch from the Father. When we were studying Psalms 34 in the Fierce 40, Chester showed me this in his um, Spirit-filled Bible. It's a little excerpt, and it says, When the heart is full of worship or praise, it will, it, it will find expression, songs and words being spoken, overflowing from our mouths. We are always to sing praise and in this psalm, it elaborates the theme verses, giving the, this instruction. One, sing to prompt others to do the same. Two, sing as a transforming remedy for fear, bringing boldness. And three, sing as an exercise of faith, invoking deliverance. We need to worship even in our circumstances. And when we do these things, we will be able to see the goodness of God. Like it says in verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Someone may say, but how can I worship when all of this is going on? I encourage you to try Him. Taste Him and see just how good He is. Chester and I and Bree were watching a, a video, a movie, just not recently. It was a Christian movie. And the man is talking about everything that is going on. And he's talking to God. And, he's, and God says to him, he says, I'm in the middle of everything you perceive to be a mess working for your good. And the man asks the question, he says, what possible good can come out of all of this terrible situation? And as they continue to talk over these things, God says to him at the end, he says, the real underlying flaw in your life is that you don't think that I'm good. He says, I am. And if you knew me, 
and how much I loved you, then even when you don't understand, you would know that I am still working in your life for good. And then you would trust me. Sometimes when we are in a situation in the middle of our circumstances, we find it hard to worship him and know in our hearts that he's good. He goes on to say, I am good. We have to trust in the process. And Wednesday night, I won't ever forget Javaris Wright. He said something about that, about trusting in God's process. We have to trust in the process and know that God is still good even when things aren't going the way we thought they should. Sometimes we have to worship our way through so that we can keep it fresh in our minds, the goodness of God. If you don't remember anything today out of what I have said today, I want you to remember this. One, sing to prompt others to do the same. Your worship is contagious. And when you worship through your circumstances, others take notice. And they want to do the same. And they're encouraged to do the same. Two, sing as a transforming remedy for fear, bringing boldness. Transform your fear into faith. Transform it into faith. As our missionary said, let it metamorphosize into faith. And three, sing as an exercise of faith, invoking deliverance. Trust in the process and worship your way through to deliverance and watch the goodness of God take place in your life. He is good and we need to worship him and honor him because he is good. Amen, y'all. It's good to be here this morning. And whenever a pastor came and asked us to do this, just something leapt up in my spirit like I already knew what God wanted me to say. And, and th this part of this, what we're doing this morning is wisdom, word, and worship. God led me to wisdom, and wisdom is not uh, one of those easy subjects to preach on sometimes, but God gave me this word. We need to incline our ears to wisdom and the fear of the Lord. Over and over, whenever, we ha whenever I started reading the Fierce 40 this time, those, that kind of phrase, listen or hear the instructions and the words of the Lord or, or incline your ear to them, it kept on leaping off to page to me, even though we have read through Proverbs every time we have done a Fierce 40. I've read through Proverbs uh, many times throughout my life, but this time it was something different. And I believe God is trying to speak to us. He wants us to hear Him. It is this time that we need to be seeking after Him and listening to Him because of everything that's going on in our lives. My scripture comes from Proverbs chapter 2. I want to read verses 1 through 5. New American Standard Version. 
And it says, My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you would discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. You see, throughout all, all, all that we have been speaking about and been reading about, there's been many times God just led, led me to this. Like in Proverbs 1 and 8, it says, My son, hear the instruction of your father. Proverbs 2 and 1 says, My son, if you receive my words, like I've just read, and Proverbs 5 and 1, it says, My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding. Proverbs 23 and 12, we just read it a couple day, few days ago, says, Apply your heart, apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of wisdom. Through our reading, what I what God's Holy Spirit has been speaking to me, and I just want to share it with you because it's relevant for all of us today, especially in the day that we're living is, is that we need to fine-tune our hearing to God's voice. We need to tune it in, and may we hear God's word and his wisdom and apply it to our daily lives for within it is found uh, found for us and will lead us to righteousness, right choices. And what God has given me to this morning is rewards. It talks about this. It talks about the rewards of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and the fear of the Lord. But I want to kind of sum it up. I love C.S. Lewis, read many of his books through college and, and through other times. And in his book, Mere Christianity, he said, He, being God, told us to be not only as harmless as doves, but also wise as serpents. He wants a child's heart, but a grown-up head. He wants us to be simple, single-minded, affectionate and teachable as good children are, but he also wants every bit of intelligence we have to be alert at its job and in first-class fighting ability. In other words, we are to pursue and seek God and his wisdom with passion and simply receive from him everything we can so that we can remain focused on him and the mission. Let me tell you, the world wants to distract you from what God has called you to do. The world tries to distract me every day, amen, from the mission and the purpose God has placed me upon this earth. But if we will incline, if I will incline my ear every day to hear God's voice, to go into his word and hear his wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, we will be able to stay on task. Amen. Ooh, got 30 seconds anyway. 
all throughout Proverbs is still something more. That is, we incline our ears, receive into our hearts his wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. There is a promise of rewards. Number one, rewards. This is going to go quickly. Is the promise of riches. We love to hear that nowadays. People love to hear riches. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 16 says, Length of days is in her, talking about wisdom, right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. That is what wisdom, the her here is speaking of, with her brings riches. We will be wise in all of our dealings, but let me just point this out and make this clear. I don't want anybody to go away and say, Brother Chester said that we're going to be rich from now on. Uh, God's just going to pour out of heaven because God's riches are so much different. And when he talks about riches, it's so much different than what we think about. He has so many other things That makes us rich. Number two reward is honor. Proverbs 4 and 8 says, exalt her and she will promote you. Talking about wisdom again. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. Do you see that? When you embrace her. Amen. The the song that uh, Sister Kelly was singing at the end just really leapt in my spirit when when I was like, yeah, that's what God put in my heart. Because it was talking about we're hanging on every word. Let us hang upon every word of wisdom, knowledge, and the fear of God because it will bring us honor. It will promote you. Not just talking about at your job. Tomorrow you're going to get a new position at your job. You may. That's how God works. But it also means to bring honor and reverence and respect. When we go and do it God's way, God promotes. And God brings us respect. Number three, if we incline our ears to wisdom and the fear of the Lord, he, he rewards us with life. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, 11 says this. This is good. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me, your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. Life is what we're all seeking after. You know what? I like living. I like being alive. Does anybody else like to be alive today? I hope we all do, anybody. That's what we are all seeking. But not just, okay, it'll give us more days on this earth. But in our living, I believe what God, wisdom, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord will bring us is peace. Peace of life. That's what... Man, I would just like to go one day, you know, Brother Kevin, uh, to a, uh, find me a beach somewhere, you know, and, and just sit down with a big old a glass of lemonade and with an umbrella over me, just uh, over me, just for a week. That that would be just like like the best thing. But in God, I can have that every day in my spirit and in myself. So. That's what God has promised us. But we must incline our ears. We must put ourselves in position that we hear him. This world is not making it easier for us to do that last reward, life or living in a godly world, in a godly way. The world we live in today is getting more more complicated every day. And we need help because we don't know it all. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't know it all. 
But let me just tell you, God does. Let us hear the voice of the Lord today. Well, I'm going to be sharing about word, and uh, I have to speak quickly, but I hope you will hear slowly what I'm going to say, and I hope that it just gets in your spirit. It has been, uh, this is just, I'm just going to share what's been helpful with me, uh, helpful to me, especially during this time, and um, um, you know, if you're going to survive these days, you better know what the word says. You better know what truth is, and truth is not relevant. This truth is absolute. And, um, and so I, I, I thought about this um, during my time of prayer, when I have a personal prayer time. I want a lot of what I pray to just be speaking his word back to him and reminding him of what he said to me. And so there are a lot of times when I begin to pray that I just begin to speak. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. It is because of your great love that we are not consumed, for your compassions never fail. They're new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. And as I begin to speak, I feel faith rise up in me because it's his word that I'm speaking. And that isn't even what I'm, where I'm going to this morning, but I just wanted to share that. What, a, what an awesome thing that our pastor is doing in bringing us together to read portions of the Word on the same page at the same time. And if you haven't started, it's not too late. We're not done yet. It would be awesome for you to jump in where we're at and finish this out with us because I promise it is beneficial to us to do this together as a body. Now, having said that, I want to go to one verse. Uh, we have been in the Gospel of Mark for the last couple of weeks. And, uh, and I want to read, uh, this is actually about the parable of the seed and the sower. And I'm not going to read that whole parable, but I just, just want to remind you, and I'm sure that most of you are familiar with that, but I want to remind you that the seed in that parable is the Word of God. And the soil is the condition of the heart. And so one verse there that I want to refer to, Mark 4, verse 13 then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable, the parable of the seed and the sower? How then will you understand any parable? There's a very important lesson here uh, as he shares each. There's four different soils there. And as he shares that, I want to remind you that the productiveness or the fruitfulness of a word that God spoke does not validate uh, the fruitfulness of that is, doesn't validate whether that was from God or not. Hear what I'm saying. That parable gives us four different kinds of soil, and three of them were no good. But that didn't change the fact that it was God's word that went forward. So the productiveness, I'm, God's not on trial by what he says. It's what I do with what he says right? It's his word. And when it goes forward, it will accomplish what he sends it to. But what I do with that word, what he speaks to me, there's going to be where the productiveness comes in, what I do with that word. And so um, it, the word of God is authentic. 
if it doesn't bear fruit in your life, it may be because you didn't do anything with that word. Jesus marks this parable of the seed and the sower as the key that unlocks all the other parables. Understanding this parable about the seed and the sower positions you to understand, and he speaks to, in, to his, those listeners in those days and to us, he spoke in many parables, and he says, if you don't understand this, if you don't get this one, you're not going to understand the rest. So why is this one so critical? Why is it that this parable is so critical? Well, it's because when you understand that the Word of God is not just something that's spoken, it is a person. John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So when you understand that it's not just something spoken, it's actually a person, then you realize that stewarding a Word is actually stewarding a relationship. It's my relationship with Him. And instead of analyzing a specific word, here's what we need to do. We need to surrender to the person of Jesus. Understanding is what allowed the seed to penetrate the soil. And that takes place. Understanding comes through. Y'all, I can't quit shaking. I'm sorry. Up here, my hand is just going crazy. But this is something I believe that's going to help you. Understanding has to come through human experience. Difficulties, difficulties have to arise for the sake of the word that was spoken to you. The word over your life needs to be opposed. Why? Because you need options. Without options, there's no basis for reward. Chester talked about reward a few minutes ago. God, Hebrews tells us, and we're getting into the book of Hebrews this week, started this morning. God's word tells us that without faith it's impossible to please him because he that cometh to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I want to tell you, there's an aspect of the father's nature that can only be revealed as he rewards a son or daughter for a right choice. And without options, without choices, there is no basis for reward. Am I going to believe what God said over my life, or am I going to lend my heart, my emotional strength, my attention to something that contradicts it? If I do, in that one particular moment, I have given my authority to that which is inferior. And it undermines that which has all authority. I have to choose. Humility and surrender is the soil that makes the word of God full of full effect. Some seed in this parable, some seed fell along the path on rocky places. Some fell among the thorns. And the word says that the cares of this life choked it out. 
The worries of this life come in and choke the word and make it unfruitful. God has given us the ability to choose what we feed our mind with. Guys, if it's CNN, if it's Fox News, not that we shouldn't be informed, but if that's what I'm feeding my mind on, I'm just telling you, it's going to be easy for those things to choke the life out of the word that God has spoken to you. If you can create enough disturbance with what you see in the natural, it will interfere with what you see in the spirit. Faith doesn't deny a problem's existence. It just denies it a place of influence. I am not going to let that thing determine what I believe. I'm going to speak. I'm going to believe. And when things happen that I don't understand and I don't know why, I'm not going to hold on to what I don't know. I'm going to go to what I do know. And that's this. Well, if you look around our world today, it doesn't take long to realize that our world, our country, our political system, our health system, Everywhere around us just seems to be chaos. Would you agree? It's the only word I could think to describe it this week when I was taking a look at this, just the chaotic nature of our world. And really in the last two years, it's unlike anything that I've ever experienced in my 40 years on this earth. It's just chaotic. Just nothing seems to be in order. The actual definition of chaos is complete disorder and confusion. A lot of confusion out there today, right? It's just everywhere we turn. It's confusing. We don't know what to trust, what to believe. And if we're not careful, the chaos of our world, the chaos of our society, the chaos of our workplace, the chaos of our home, the chaos of our mind can become a little overwhelming. And as I've experienced this last month in the world of education and the chaoticness that has brought in the last four weeks, I read this verse a couple of weeks ago and I was reminded of the simplicity of this verse, yet the depth that this verse brings. Psalms 46 and 10 says very simply, be still and know that I am God. When we read that from the outset and we just look at be still and know that I'm God, it seems very simple, very basic, very, okay, I can do that. That's, that's very easy. And it is. When I looked at these words, and you know, you guys know me. I, I had to flip back and find the Hebrew in this. And what were they really saying? What, what did the sons of Korah really mean when they pen the words, "Be still and know that I am God"? Here's what I discovered: "Be still" in the Hebrew 
is pronounced Rapha. Now watch this. That word may look familiar to you. Still, Rapha. It literally means to slacken or to loosen, to become feeble like wax. You ever had a belt that's too tight? Eat you a good meal and sit down? You got to loosen the old belt. And then you can breathe easier again. Just me? Okay. All right. To loosen or to slacken, to become feeble like wax. Recognize the word Rapha? Hmm. Jehovah, Rapha, God our healer. Be still, be Rapha, loosen, become feeble. And I went even deeper with this, and I got the verb form of this, and the verb form is not much different. It's still pronounced Rapha. What, look at the verb form of this. To cure or to cause to heal, to thoroughly repair, as with what a physician does. Be still, loosen, slacken, become like wax. Why? Because God wants to heal. God wants to repair things. In our chaotic world, in our chaos, and the chaos that's going on in the chaoticness, sometimes that's created in our mind. And sometimes it can be work, getting after it, getting it done. The chaos of constantly being on and on and thinking and doing and thinking and doing. How often do we get to a place where we become idle, still, Rapha, and know. The Hebrew word for know here is yada. It literally means to ascertain by seeing or using the senses, to take in and gather using every sense that you have, to observe and to acknowledge, and I love this last part, like being with a familiar friend. Be still. Let the healing begin. Let the healing take place and know, become familiar to the point of that friend that you know everything about, become familiar, observe, acknowledge. Be still and know that I am God. Elohim. <laughs> Your creator, my creator. God wants us to get to a place. You know, and I think about the sanctuary, and I think about what it means when we come in here on a Sunday morning. This should be the number one. Well, this should be in the top three, top two places we can come and be still before the Lord. Amen? This should be a place when we walk in here, we loosen and slacken our minds. We become idle in our thought process. And everything that's been said up here this morning begins to turn our attention to what he is saying and wants to do in and through us. 
And the band, if you're out there, you guys can come on up. Maybe we say it a little bit like this. Be still and know that I am God. Maybe we say it like this. Quiet yourself. Become familiar with your creator. Why? Because in that quietness, in that stillness, in that state of Rafa, God wants to provide a healing and bring healing to our minds and to our souls. Amen. Stand with me this morning. You know, I know this morning was a little different, a little off the norm. You know, Pastor Kevin started off talking about God spoke and how we need to learn that we can speak to the mountains in our lives with the authority that he has given us in Jesus Christ. Jennifer talked about worship, what we say, what we sing, the words that come out of our mouth. Jester talked about wisdom and allowing wisdom to enter our minds, our hearts, and living our life based off that. And Renee said, it's what we do with God's word. What are we doing with his word? Are we giving God a chance? See, that's the thing. <laughs> and I just realized this. Everything that was said this morning, the spoken word, wisdom, none of those things can take effect in our lives until we get to a place of stillness before the Lord. When we get to a place, when you and I get to a place where we can actually hear what he's speaking to us. When we get to a place because we've become still and able to be healed in our minds, that we have an understanding that what we say, what we do, what we sing, what we take in should be pushing us into his presence, into a greater understanding, wisdom of who he is. Are, are we living a life today that reflects the understanding Here's, here's what I've learned about people and what I've learned about myself. I will ultimately walk out and say what I truly believe about God in my life. You will ultimately walk out, believe, and do and say and think what you ultimately believe about who God is in your life. And so this morning, I want us to just come to that realization. Maybe we're in a place this morning where we're having a hard time hearing what he's saying. Maybe we're in a place this morning where we're having a hard time really taking what he says about us and applying it to our life and becoming healthy. Rafa, being still so that God can speak healing into our souls and into our minds. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for your word. God, I thank you for speaking to us today. I thank you for what you want to do in the lives of your people. God, I pray if there's someone here this morning who is struggling, a little bit of chaos in their mind, it's just chaotic around them, there's just a lot going on, Maybe they're having a hard time. We're having a hard time just 
understanding what you want to say to us and what you want to do in our lives and the authority we have through you. And maybe we need wisdom and we just don't know where to find or how to get it. I pray, God, that you would do a healing work this morning in our souls and in our minds. Kelly started off the service talking about returning to our rest. God, give us rest. Help us be still so that we can take the wisdom and the knowledge in your word and apply it to our lives so that we may be effective in everything you have called us to do. Thank you, Father.
Father, I thank you. God, I thank you, Lord, for just the opportunity we've had this morning just to come in and refocus our minds, refocus our hearts. And I pray, God, that no one walks out of here this morning without grabbing hold of something that you said through your people this morning. I pray that we leave this place encouraged, strengthened, and God, I ask that you would go with your people, that you bless them, protect them, and God, I just thank you, and the church said this morning, amen. Thank you so much for being here this morning. I hope you enjoy your rest of your Labor Day weekend. Have a great day. I know.